My name is Nick Sherwood, and uh, I am uh, a long-time resident of Herefordshire, which is near the Welsh border in the UK. I've lived here for over 30 years, and for the last uh, 20 or so, I've been working in the environmental field, uh, initially in sustainable waste management, carbon management, and been involved with the transition movement since 2008, helping to set up initially Transition Hereford, which was, I think, the 70-something or other uh, official transition initiative, and more recently the Herefordshire and Transition Alliance, which brings together a number of groupings around Herefordshire. And you've just completed the second uh, of the the economic blueprints, as has also happened, has happened in Totnes and is about to happen in Brixton. Uh, you your one wasn't called a blueprint; it was called an evaluation. Could you give us a bit of a a background as to how the process that you ran differed from the process that that, that, that took place in Totnes, and uh, and also why you chose to call it an evaluation rather than a blueprint. I think it's no secret that Totnes is uh, perhaps not unique, but has uh, has a very sort of particular profile in terms of development. So it's hardly a surprise that things would look a bit different in Herefordshire from in Totnes. Um, and in fact, the two economies of different kinds of scale. The Herefordshire economy is roughly twice the size of the South Hams district, the Totnes district um, economy. Um, and, you know, it, it's a unitary authority, which means we've only got a county council, no district councils, whereas um, in, in uh, South Devon, it's uh, tertiary authority and so on and so forth. So there's, there's quite a few differences, which means it's hardly surprising that our starting points would actually be different and that, you know, the way a project evolves has a lot to do with where you start. Um, perhaps I'll come back to them in a moment to, to answer your question about the economic evaluation. Um, I'm, I'm not aware that anybody other than Totnes has actually used the word blueprint, um, but certainly when Fiona and I started on this journey back in 2011, uh, I was aware that she was using the term blueprint, and I made a very conscious decision, which I think I still stand by, which was to not use the term blueprint, and that was because um, we did not already have the involvement of a stakeholder group, and that's probably a, an important theme to return to. Um, and therefore, I was concerned that if I started uh, announcing that I was working on a blueprint, uh, and I'm not an economist, and of course this is economic work, that I might very quickly run into almost instinctive resistance from people who would say, well, who are you to present us with a blueprint? So uh, instead of which, we were already running a reconomy project here, and I decided to call the work in Herefordshire uh, the T-Economy project, which stands for Transition Enterprise Economy. And if you look at the reports, you'll find that they are uh, titled the Herefordshire Economic Evaluation. And I think that that is, in fact, the title that is going to be generic to all the projects is the economic evaluation projects. So the fact that Totten has called it a blueprint and we called it uh, something different, I, I don't think that's particularly important. The Totnes one, as you said, started out with a stakeholder group and then developed the, the, it with it. You've taken a different approach of creating the report and then trying to build a stakeholder group around the, the, the evaluation. Could you give us a bit more of a, a sense of that? Sure. That was not uh, an intention. That was the way things worked out. The intention was to, uh, as I say, we already had a reconomy process going. In fact, of course, 
you know, you, where does this story really start? I mean, does it start with the formation of Transition Hereford or with the formation of Hereford and Transition Alliance? Where where do we start this story? But in fact, um, I suppose to cut out all the gestational period, we can start this story with the birth of Reconomy, which started in early 2011, uh, which already had attracted a decent amount of support but not, it has to be said, a stakeholder group. We had quite an interesting cross-section of people involved in the birth of Reconomy, right through from elected council officials, council officers, private sector, public sector, green party councillors, environmental activist community, and so on and so forth. Um, so there was the, the, the beginnings of a stakeholder group. And we also have a particular characteristic in Herefordshire, which I don't believe is paralleled in Totnes, which is we have a long-established environmental charity or social enterprise, as it's become now, called the Bournemouth Foundation, whose remit is indeed to foster the growth of sustainability in Herefordshire. So um, the, the, the expectation was that we would be able to, or that I would be able to, because really the work was taken on by me, um, you know, solo, was to draw together from this a group of people involved in the Reconomy project, a core group who might well be become stakeholders. Um, the Bournemouth Foundation, for example, was well involved already with a group of people, the Herefordshire Food Partnership, um, who had been developing food strategy for Herefordshire for some years. So it looked entirely possible that we would be able to build on those beginnings and run this project in a similar way to Totnes using a stakeholder group. That is not the way it turned out. I think there are probably two things I'd point to as to why this evolved um, in the way that it did. First of all, uh, having announced the launch of the T-Economy Research or Economic Evaluation Project um, at the launch event of Reconomy, um, I set about making sure that I had good one-to-one -one relationships with key people who were going to be feeding information into this process. So that would be, for example, officers in the local authority who have uh, a lot of research um, strengths and also people in the aforesaid Bournemouth Foundation and um, other key people around um, and started to build what I thought was going to grow into a stakeholder group. What happened uh, at a key point in that process was that the Department of Energy and Climate Change, uh, roughly speaking, threw a whole lot of uh, pound notes in the air and presumably stood back and watched with interest or possibly even glee as people who are normally sane and sensible people started running around the place picking up um, the money. And I think that everybody was united in feeling that this was not a satisfactory process. But what it did do was it took away uh, the attention of the people that I had begun to engage. Their attention was elsewhere on uh, bidding for and then fulfilling in a very short time scale the deck leaf projects. And that left me with very few options other than to simply uh, try to uh, work in a parallel fashion in a, in a complementary way to what was going on there, which is what I set out to do, but did kind of pull the rug out from underneath the project of putting together a stakeholder group because there were so many other demands on people's time. That was, uh, roughly speaking, at the beginning of 2012. And the meeting that you asked me to come on to was in the middle of May. So you can see that there was quite a long period of time there. And um, and there's a story behind that too, I suppose, or a number of stories. The meeting we had recently, we, we actually had a meeting, a very successful meeting in July 2012 when Fiona came as part of her road trip around the UK. That's Fiona Ward who was handling the work down in Totnes um, and who was overall in charge of the economic evaluation projects. 
and she came uh, to visit here at a point at which I had uh, done quite a lot of work on the food report but not really begun either of the other reports. We succeed in bringing together a very interesting cross-section of movers and shakers from the whole of the Herefordshire County for a two-hour meeting at which Fiona presented where they got to in Totnes and I presented where we got to in Hereford. Um, so we had, for example, um, the uh, senior people from the Chamber of Commerce, we had the chair of the business board, we had uh, people from uh, large housing associations, we had uh, the most senior elected council officials responsible for planning and environment, uh, we had officers from the local authority and we had um, activist community, green councillors and so on and so forth. It was a, a genuinely um, cross-sectoral audience and they were all very interested and stuck around for the entire duration. When we came on to the more recent meeting in May, um, we attracted not such a good cross-section, which was somewhat of a disappointment. Uh, on the other side, we have to say that there was a very high degree of interest and, and congratulations and positive enthusiasm for the work that had been done. Um, Fiona and I collaborated in, in presenting uh, in, principally the work from Herefordshire, although Fiona did refer to the work in Totnes as well. So what we're waiting to see at this point is whether that degree of um, positive reception and enthusiasm is capable of translating itself into a group that will take on board the results of all this work and put it to good use. How easy did you, uh, did you find it to find all the data that you needed. This is clearly creating a blueprint like this is a very kind of data, uh, data heavy process. How easy did you find it to track all that down? There's an enormous amount of data out there, but the problem is you can't always get what you want. Um, and sometimes what you think you've got turns out to be very deeply flawed just because an expensive consultancy has produced a, a data-rich report doesn't mean that you should rely on it. And in fact, we found that out the hard way uh, in, a, in a couple of respects. We had what purported to be a very good and was in many respects a very useful report on renewable energy that had been commissioned by the local authority. However, we relied in part on one particular piece of information in that report that further down the road we discovered was completely wrong and we had to go back and rework a lot of our figures. Um, and second of all, uh, there was another report which was more to do with the retrofit uh, part of the work. Uh, sorry, in case, in case you're not aware, there were three different aspects to the research. One was to look into the renewable energy potential of Herefordshire, to look into the food uh, growing and, and distribution potential of Herefordshire, and uh, the third was to look into the housing retrofit potential for Herefordshire economy. Uh, and there was a report that came out which would have fed a lot of useful stuff into the housing retrofit part of that work, but was just terribly deeply flawed. It had some useful stuff, but was really quite hopeless in other respects. Now, so, you know, I got a lot of information from my contacts in the research unit at the local authority who are very helpful and also from particular officers who were, who were involved, for example, in delivering household energy efficiency work. You might say that the problem was almost too much information. Literally, if you had to read your way through all the stuff that I accumulated, I would never have got anything else done. So it, the challenge is to decide what is relevant um, and, and what is useful and, and to then extract from that the answers to the questions that you've posed, which means you have to be clear about what questions you're trying to answer. 
an early indication of how useful and interesting this work was going to be was that I asked a question of, of a very knowledgeable person in the Bournemouth Foundation. Okay, um, how much do we know about how much is spent in this county on the uh, purchasing of food and drink? Expecting there to be some kind of an answer that was a well-developed uh, uh, you know, area of work. As I say, there was a food strategy group that had been working for some years connected into the local authority. And the answer was nobody knew. So that told me, uh, helpfully, that the work we were doing was needed, but also told me that, um, you know, I was starting from somewhere on the ground needing to collect stuff. So that partly answers your question, but without going into it in boring detail, you really do need to be pretty good with the old Excel spreadsheet if you're going to do this work. Uh, and you have to be pretty good with numbers and formulae and all that sort of stuff because really there is no substitute for looking into whatever reports you can get locally and whatever reports you can get nationally from things like the Office for National Statistics. And then you are still going to have to do a lot of grinding of your own with those numbers to make them uh, helpful for what you're doing locally. And that is a considerable task. Fortunately, I'd done quite a lot of this kind of work when I was working in waste management and was no stranger to Excel. Um, but it really does uh, carry a, a lot of challenges and you need to be pretty disciplined about the way you handle all of that. Otherwise, it simply becomes a quagmire in which you sink. And what would you say were the key findings that have, that have come out of it? What Was there anything that surprised you and and what... What's the, the usefulness, do you think, of, of what's come out of it? I'm in no doubt about the usefulness because I can tell and I've already pointed to the fact that what we were doing filled a missing gap. Lots of people talk about wanting to grow a sustainable local economy. Lots of people who are perhaps mainstream business people would use very similar language. Everybody's interested in sustainability, but what we did was to actually begin to put pound signs to some of the you know statements that were commonplace uh, it's all very well saying we know that there's a lot of potential to grow uh, some kind of renewable energy potential in herefordshire but just how much would that be worth and how much would it cost to build it so we now have figures that are ballpark figures admittedly and probably stand to be um, to be sharpened up and, and perhaps even challenged but at least we have begun that process of putting uh, figures onto what this could be worth and pound signs on the front of uh, figures is a language that helps people to think in terms of economic decision making without those pound signs you might say it's 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 possibly fruitless and going around in circles so we've contributed that to uh, mainstream uh, discussion and I think that we've also contributed some pretty useful stuff to what you might call the the sort of new economics approach which is that that here we've got a grounded piece of work in a real situation that is quite focused and local and uh, and hopefully people will be able to use this as a stepping stone to doing similar things in other local areas and once a few places have done this then we can get together and compare notes and we'll start to build up a picture as to what uh, a grassroots view of the national economy looks like and what the potential is if you connect up places like Herefordshire and Tottenham and Brixton and hopefully another dozen places to come on stream in the next couple of years, then we'll, we'll start to get a very different viewpoint from the view that perhaps chambers of commerce tend to have and business boards tend to have. So I, I hope that sort of answers your, your question. 
It was pretty shocking, the thing about 71 to 83% of all household expenditure goes through five supermarkets in Herefordshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of this, of course, I suppose people know instinctually. I mean, people instinctually know that they and their neighbours and everybody is, you know, in supermarkets, in and out of supermarkets all the time. I think that where we've been able to come up with stuff really interesting is, yes, it's it's great to put a number on that and say, wow, did you realize just how much? I mean, to, to follow your, your example you've given there, this is the sort of information that I hope will cut through both the uh, professionals, you know, the, the officers in the council who are responsible for economic strategy, but also ordinary people on the street, hopefully, will be interested to know that we spend half a billion pounds a year on food and drink in Herefordshire. That is a staggering amount of money. And then to tell them that actually three-fifths of that probably is money that is leaving the economy straight away, leaving the local economy straight away and of marginal benefit to people who are living here. And to then move that on to saying, well, uh, let's look at what the difference is between spending a pound in a supermarket and spending a pound in a locally owned store on on local produce. And to continue that through and introduce the language of local multiplier, for example, or plugging the leaks, as the New Economics Foundation might use, uh, and to say to them, if you go and spend a pound of carrots in a supermarket and spend a pound on carrots in your local independent store, those are having two dramatically different effects on the future of your children. So I hope that we've equipped that argument um, that, that, that will actually change people's behavior and buying habits and the way that they think about what they're doing when they go into a supermarket and the way they think about the quote-unquote additional expense of buying organic locally produced carrots in a locally owned store. And of course at the moment the whole kind of uh, the whole push from central government for economic growth and then the push through the local enterprise partnerships and so on really seems to be focusing predominantly on that on trying to grow that 83% of the economy, not the 16% that you identify uh, as being the local spend, and indeed sometimes sees that 16% local spend as being backward, out of date, uncompetitive, uh, anti, you know, not sort of standing in the way of growth rather than supporting it. How, how do you think that this report can contribute to those discussions? Well, you're absolutely right to point to that. And in fact, I, I, I would point to the local authority economic strategy, which has, I think, less than one quarter of one page about the growth of new enterprises. Um, you know, it, it's simply not developed. They, they, they acknowledge it, so they tick the box, but they don't really seem to want to develop that in any full way. And less than, less than 200 yards away from where I'm sitting, there is a massive new construction going up, which is supposed to be the uh, economic salvation of Herefordshire and includes uh, a, a new structure for a Waitrose and for a Debenhams and for a multiplex cinema. And this is the old model of economic growth going up right next to where I did a lot of the research for this project. And only a couple of miles away, we've got an enterprise zone, which again is supposed to be part of the the economic salvation of Herefordshire. And the the, the most public feature of that is going to be a Ukraine, Anyway, uh, somewhere from the Russian Federation, I think, is it uh, from the Ukraine or somewhere like that, an aircraft manufacturer coming to manufacture aircraft in Herefordshire. And so little resource being put into the kind of simple facilities and provisions that are needed to actually uh, pave the way for the growth of locally owned businesses. So uh, we are here right on the front line of that 
growth, you know, what I would call unsustainable growth, you know, old model growth versus, you know, new alternative visions of the economy. Our reports are supposed to try and strengthen the hand of people both in the mainstream, some of whom are very sympathetic to what we are talking about and hopefully will pick up the tools that we are offering them, but also to equip those people who are perhaps outside the mainstream but knocking on the door and arguing vociferously against the importation of yet more supermarkets in Herefordshire. There are very active proposals for the Waitrose I've just mentioned, but also for a massive Sainsbury's in a small market town. So this is a very, you know, this has been very actively um, fought over at the moment locally. And hopefully this work is going to enable a sensible um, debate and common ground to be discovered between people who, on the face of it, are opposing factions. And how, how replicable do you get a sense, you know, having done this evaluation process, how replicable does it feel? How, how, what, what would a transition initiative need to be able to think about doing this, uh, doing a good job of, of this in their place? Would it be possible to do this work without funding? We had funding, which in my case was absolutely essential. There is absolutely no way that I could have put this amount. I mean, I do do a lot of voluntary unpaid work for the transition movement, but there is no way that I could have done this scale of work. And in fact, actually, I think this kind of work, uh, the question of credibility is important. There is if what you're trying to do is to come up with a report which will stand its ground alongside the other reports that have been commissioned by whomsoever, the local authority or other national agencies, then there needs to be a certain depth and quality to that work, which I, I, it's hard to believe that anybody could do that on a voluntary basis. They would certainly need to have some very well-developed skills. Um, but then I don't want to set the bar too high. I mean, anybody could start the process of doing this simply by going, establishing a, a relationship with the, uh, the relevant research officers in their local authority and beginning to ask, what can you tell me about food, about energy? Now, a lot of the answers may be, sorry, don't know. But those sorry, don't know answers give you uh, confirmation that what you're on the track of is worth doing. And then you can follow the path that I and, and Totnes have outlined. There is, I, made, uh, uh, I made quite a bit of, um, I put quite a lot of time into developing extensive references on these reports and there are actually separate standalone documents that uh, give all the links that anybody could want to the source material that I had to use. Now, hopefully that will save people a lot of time that you can drill straight through into the particular Excel spreadsheets in the Office, uh, Office for National Statistics that will give you, wherever you are in the UK, the sort of information you need. Now, when you get there, that's when you also are going to need what I would consider to be pretty expert skills uh, at handling data. So I think that there is a role here for at one or more people. I mean, I wouldn't like to put a number on it, but I think that certainly two heads are better than one, and a small group of people working on this is going to be better than one or two heads. What I'd suggest is you need one or two committed people, and you probably need funding in there, but then around them, you need that core group of people. You could call it a stakeholder group, but I think that suggests something a bit bigger to me. I think that you probably need a committed group of three or four people and one person who is able um, to spend quite a lot of time and skills following the path that, that uh, Fiona's work and my work have pointed to. 
and see how it goes. I think it's going to be very different in different areas, depending on what's available and how much um, help you can get from the agencies that already hold the data and from people already involved in the transition movement. And, and lastly, I guess, the, what happens next? Where are you, what are you hoping that this will lead to? And how do you get there from here now that you've completed this incredible um, piece of work? Well, the key thing is who's going to pick it up. I mean, I'm willing to be a part of what happens next. But my role in, in terms of pathfinding, I think, is now over. And therefore, uh, what I'm going to do is to continue working with the local reconomy group. And I think that, you know, for people who've already got some kind of reconomy group, well, that is clearly a big part of the answer. I was just replying to a very interesting email that I had from a, a, a similar agency that supported some of the work that we did uh, in this project, um, exploring the link between what happens locally and the LEPs that you talked about, the local enterprise partnerships. So I think that that is where we're heading towards, is being part of a voluntary sector initiative because i count all the environmental groups that we're a part of as being part of what you might call a voluntary sector or civil society and we need to really force uh, our presence into the local enterprise partnerships and i saw an interesting document yesterday which suggested that there are uh, more levers than we realize that we can pull to do that so we want to be sitting at what has become the top table uh, in terms of economic funding and, and strategy in most regions, which is the local enterprise partnerships. Now, the Reconomy Group that we've got here is still several steps away from having any kind of status or credibility. And I think this is where it needs to go to. We need to use this work, which I believe has got you know, strength of argument and, and strength in its data and, and, and a number of strengths, particularly the fact that we've done something that nobody else has really done here. And we need to use this as, a, a, call it a bargaining chip or a leverage to say, look, you know, Reconomy actually needs to be a part of the, um, the economic dialogue that is going on. It needs to be a part of the solution to the problems that everybody knows we are facing in this country. And that means that it needs to be a part of the strategic policymaking structures in our region. So that's where I'm headed together with the Reconomy Group locally, and that's where I would suggest that people need to be pointing themselves, um, is moving up into the sort of strategic structures. But how you do that will vary widely depending on what resources you've actually got. If you haven't already got something like a Reconomy Group, then I think you will need to start to build that. And some Reconomy Groups are very much loaded towards the actual practical setting up of enterprises side of things. In Herefordshire, it was a particular characteristic that we were much stronger on the strategic uh, side um, going back for years. So perhaps what I'm doing is simply reflecting the historic development of the environmental movement in Herefordshire and saying that, well, I think we're ready to try and push forward onto making those steps. But people in other places may view this quite differently. If I can just take this opportunity to thank uh, Fiona and uh, Jay Tomt and other people, uh, both in Totnes and locally in Herefordshire, who actually helped in all sorts of ways um, with bringing this work to what I hope was a successful conclusion. And I look forward to hearing that there are people who sat in our meeting uh, last month 
who are going to pick up and run with this project and I'll be very happy to support them and um, to do things like what I've been doing with you which is to try and fill people in on how we did it and what their options might be to do something similar.